0: Welcome back! It's me, Booker the Book.
1: I'm in training to be the new Book of Bondings, now that the old one exploded. I'm learning a lot, but it's a ton of work to gather the power of the love lines and channel the relationship magic of the ages. You might be wondering why I'm talking to you right now instead of Camistro or Smoochiline. Well, the reason for that's pretty simple. What with a long wait to find out who you chose, the two of them got bored and went to the Wizard Farmer's Market. Booker, we're back! I got you a new bookmark! And I got myself
2: a new hat!
1: Oh, a new bookmark! Thanks, I was tired of the one with the gnome on it. Gnomes are for babies. How's the market?
2: Well, I'll tell you- In the form of a wizard date recap! recapsulo Oh,
1: we're doing a date recap? Uh, Okay. Well, we had to wait for quite some time for the vote results. Time isn't as flexible out here as it is in the void. And I was getting
2: itchy feet. Ugh, Camistro kept asking. Oh, maybe we could go outside. Maybe we could go somewhere. I've been trapped for so long. Just whine, whine, whine. I didn't whine. Smoochie
1: suggested that we go to the Wiz Farmer's Market.
2: Oh, just to shut him up, I said there was a Wizard Farmer's Market happening. It's where I go to buy my rose petals that I use for spell components and slow sex. When we got there, I almost had
1: a panic attack. So many people, so many things, and no crystal
2: walls separating us. I'll admit it,
1: I touched a lot of faces. A lot.
2: Camistro inimitably demonstrated what a complete fool he is. But worse than that, when he was running around fondling heads, he ran into the worst people in the world. Oh, I don't even want to say their names. They're such a heinous pair. You'll never
1: guess who I ran into.
2: Smoochulon's parents. Ugh.
1: I hadn't seen them since the last Bring Your Parents to Wizard Apprenticeship Day, way back before Smoochie turned on me. They were running a stand of their own, selling the fruits of their farm. They even had some chickens for sale that were the descendants of the ones that Smoochulon was matchmaking back when I first met him. Apparently, he cursed that chickenly line, quite by mistake, or so he claims, with the ability and all consuming desire to kiss each other.
2: It's so embarrassing how parents will hang on to your old projects. Those kissing hens were real amateur hour, and now they're selling kissing chicken loops at every farmer's market as a spell component replacement for hen's teeth. And do I see a single, solitary copper? No, because they need the income since the farm's been blighted ever since the love line started warping. As if that's my fault. It is his fault.
1: He hasn't been taking good care of the love lines at
2: all. And it's all blame, 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 poor little Smoochulon for being too busy to visit. Well, it was great to
1: catch up with Hugulon and Martha. They had some wonderful stories about Smoochulon as a child.
2: Stories that they fabricated from whole cloth, with evidence that they fabricated from whole cloth. Completely false and legally actionable. Apparently, Smoochulon
1: loved gooseberry jam when he was little, found it wherever they tried to hide it they would come home from the fields and he would be covered in jam, the little rascal. (laughs) Oh, but then the wasps would come. (laughs) Those wasps were no match for me. Really?
2: They said you cried and
1: cried. Here, they gave me some moving illustrations.
2: Give me those. Oops, the old trail paper fell apart into tiny shreds. I guess no one will ever see them again. Shame. Aw, they were so cute. They were important and mysterious, like I've always been. You should visit your parents more, you know.
1: They miss you. Moving on. Well, we couldn't spend the whole time talking to Hugulon and Martha, so I went on my way with a promise to drop by soon, assuming I wasn't exiled or imprisoned or what have you. I bought some chicken lips, too, to be neighborly. (laughs)
2: Hmph.
1: Awful things, they don't even use tongue. No, they had to breed that out. They got too many complaints. Ugh, cowards. In any case, I moved on. Listeners, if you could only have seen all the delights and delectables on sale at the market. Barrels of self-churning butter, the bright purple eggs of an eggplant, and chocolate so dark only a necromancer could handle it without gloves on. I had a hankering for something sweet So I traipsed over to Saturina's sugarium for some of her famous dwarvish
2: delights. Meanwhile, I was thirsty as per usual, so I found myself a beverage mage and asked for some chilled wine. He told me that alcoholic beverages were against the rules of the farmer's market, to which I retorted that this was a free country and I wanted some chilled wine. He responded that no, it was not a free country, not since the warlock Tito Talator had vanquished the good king and now ruled the land from his Tower of Temperance. I considered confronting Tito Talator myself, but I've only got the energy for one tower feud at a time, you know? I settled for a lemonade. It was a good thing I brought my flask. Not to spike the lemonade, no. My flask is where I store my grievances for later. Nothing like a swig of getting cut in line to get you through the day. My stomach was recovering from the
1: seismic rumblings of the Dwarvish Delight when I spotted a stall for Brandopolyps's Aviary of the Unseen. The only mystical stall for all your bird-related needs. I'd been planning to transformed cupid back into a hawk for a while now so i filled my sack of shopping with all the avian staples powdered eggshell phoenix ashes the larynx of a mockingbird etc 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 a poor cupid has been trapped as a pigeon for so long sometimes i forget there's a bird of prey in there screeching to get out
2: seated but regrettably sober i chanced upon an art mage selling signed prints of their work The advertised price was 11 gold coins. I expressed interest in a portrait of Merlin, but pointed out the face and features were rather square, so I'd take it for seven coins. The artist said that this was intentional and insisted on 11. I offered nine coins and the rest of my lemonade, but they refused again, even after I said I'd sign the cup. I asked the portrait of Merlin what it thought, but it just started singing atonally about the dungeon industrial complex. The artist again said that this was part of the piece. I took my business elsewhere, by which I mean I bought another lemonade.
1: I got a little something extra for myself from Brandopolypsis once I was done spell component shopping. You know, as a me-day treat. As I was toddling back towards the main drag of the market, I stopped in at Pelgrippa's Blood Emporium to see what the hip new bloods were. But alas, it not to be, for all the blood in the Emporium curled at once as a terrible scream split the air. I dropped my suet and seeds on a stick as I clutched at my head and staggered out of the tent, ignoring the tears of the
2: now-ruined Pelgrippa. Suddenly... A terrible shriek pierced the air, banging on my eardrums like a giant trying to crack open a mountain. I glanced around, looking for what I assumed to be somebody's disruptive baby so that I might cast a spell of silencing, but no! There at one of the stalls were two agro wizards fighting over a potted mandragora, and the mandragora had begun its shrieking! No spell of silencing could quiet such a beast. Emergency, someone cried. Emergency! Is anyone here a relationship, wizard? I took a long sip of my lemonade and then sauntered over to the scene of the commotion. What to my eyes did appear but the largest Mandragora
1: I'd ever seen! And it was halfway out of its pot with a couple of farm mages pulling it back and forth in a tug of whiz! Scream mystery solved! "'Twas then I heard the call that no relationship wizard can deny. "'Someone asking if there was a relationship wizard around.' "'Pausing only to stuff my
2: ears full of curdled blood, "'I
1: dashed over as quick as my toes could twinkle.
2: "'The master of Heart Tower is here. "'What foolery is this?' I demanded of the wizards. "'What sort of farmer's market bans wine, "'but not man-shaped plants that can kill you with their screaming?' Apparently, these two wizards were fighting over their prize-winning Manjagora, the loudest and largest in the country, according to a panel of arbiter mages who must be immune to tinnitus. Cultivox, the wizard in overalls, had bred the seeds that birthed the beast, but Chlorophyllis, the wizard in the grass skirt, had raised this particular Manjagora in her field. They'd evenly split the prize money, but the question remains. Which whiz would warrant the winning Wailing Wastrel? Drawing
1: upon the wisdom of Solomon, who was not a wizard, just a king, which isn't as good, I told them to cut the plant in half, and each take a half, trusting that whomsoever loved the plant more would object, and so we could easily solve this whole Argus Bargus by giving it whole to them. But, of course, these two sweeties both love the mandragora too much to slice and dice it. Oh, I had to wipe a little whizzed tear away from my eye. I was so touched. Of course, they thought I seriously wanted to cut the thing in half, so they yelled and yelled at me. But, honestly, I just enjoyed the attention.
2: Camistro had annoyingly inserted himself into this situation, and he proposed that they cut the mantragora in half. What a terrible idea. I mean, it would shut up the screaming for sure, but have you ever smelled the insides of a mantragora? <laughs> They'd just replace one miserable predicament for another, out of the dragon frying pan into the dragon fire i suggested we set the Mandragora down and let it crawl to whichever wizard it loved best. Cultivax insisted that that was unfair, since the Mandragora knew Chlorophyllis better. Chlorophyllis retorted that that was exactly why she deserved the Mandragora.
1: Of course, if we did that, then we would have had to take the Mandragora all
2: the way out of its pot which would kill us all. A fair point. I suppose a broken clock is right twice a day. Three times a day in certain realms, actually. But I digress. At this point, things really got out of hand. Chlorophyllis released her grip of the pot and shoved it into Cultivox's hands and cast a tendril spell, rooting him to the spot with vines. Then Cultivox tossed the pot to the side and
1: chanted at a nearby produce stand, commanding every potato in the cart to launch itself at Chlorophyllis. I lapped in front of the spuds to try and save her.
2: Ugh, oh, Camistro the do put himself between the dueling mages. He was struck a few times by potatoes in the process, which was very funny.
1: And I landed on my keys, which, oh, it's smart, it's so bad. But I got up and dusted myself off and told them that together they were able to achieve something wonderful. That truly their relationship had improved the both of them, leading them to new heights of magic and was an enormous, terrifying scream plant that looks like a man
2: really worth destroying that over. He gave them one of his usual therapy sessions about working together and holes being bigger than parts, blah, blah, blah. At least it got them to stop dueling. Look here, I finally interjected when I was well and truly bored. This isn't complicated. Cultivox, what did you originally want from Chlorophyllis? Chlorophyllis, same question, but backwards. Both wizards acknowledged that they had wanted the other to help them grow a prize-winning mandrake. Well, you've accomplished that, I sagely explained. And now that that phase of the relationship is behind you, you're in conflict because you're beyond the purview of those original needs, in uncharted waters. Easy peasy. Relationship theory 101 stuff. So it's time for a new agreement to set the terms going forward. With the prize behind you, what do you want from each other now? It was some real
1: concerning stuff, what Smoochie said. And he kept gesticulating with the hand that he had his lemonade in so it got everywhere. He was so sticky by the end. Not as bad as the time with the jam, but still. Pretty sticky. I think he just likes being sticky.
2: After considering some of what Camistro said, but mostly what I said, Cultivox and Chlorophyllis agreed to share 50-50 joint custody of the Mandragora. Camistro conjured them up a magical contract to bind the agreement, and I stood as reviewer, witness, and notary. Relationship
1: wizards wear a lot of hats in the execution of our duties.
2: Yes, I'm wearing three right now. Two of those are on my head. After all of that
1: excitement, I was pooped. It's overwhelming being outside of the crystal orb after so long. I used to be able to handle 10 or 12 wizard interventions before I had to take a little rest, but... I was just totally blathered. I'm
2: glad that Smoochie was there. I don't know if I could have done it without him. I could have handled this all without Camistro, of course. But... If there was anyone that would have been useful here... I suppose... In some ways that you could say it was him. But I would not say that because I hate him.
1: Wow, what a day. You know, you two work pretty well together.
2: Ridiculous, of he's we a do.
1: Yeah, that's the reaction I expected. Well, while you were gone, the votes came in. What? Well, don't
2: keep us waiting. Yes, crush Camistro with the weight of the audience's love for me. I've already marked out today in my diary with my special pen. The one with the ink that whispers my name when I read it. Smoochulan, I just
1: want you to know that however this vote goes, I'm glad to have been your teacher. I just wish I had been a better one.
2: And maybe that you were a little less gross. Yes, yes, yes. You were a terrible teacher and I was an incredible student. We all know. Now, give us the results, you little librarical lout! Okay,
1: if you're ready. Ahem. With a count of 29 votes to 3, the winner of the election and the master of the heart tower is... Ha!
2: I knew I would crush you!
0: Chemistro! Congratulations, Dad! (laughs) Whoa!
1: Thank you, listeners! Thank you. Oh, I'm as light as a hovering eel. I'm as giddy as a laughing ape. Come here, Booker. God of I knew I could count on all of you out there. Oh, it's so good to be home and not re-imprisoned in an orb. Ugh. You don't have to rub it in. As the official, bona fide, recently selected, and democratically elected host of Wizard Seeking Wizard,
2: I declare that it is now time for the Spell of the Week! Is it auditory on Spell of Vote Recounting? No!
1: Face it, Smoochie!
2: You lost fair and square! I
1: am fair, but it's you who's the square! (sighs) Listen, as part of the competition, we agreed that the winner would receive a boon from the loser,
2: correct? Oh, Merlin... You're going to humiliate me on the podcast, aren't you? Well, what'll it be, Camistro? Give me hooves and ride me around the tower. Put me in a little sailor's outfit and a big lollipop and force me to sing show tunes. Oh, tattoo your face onto my face. Of course not. Why would I do any of that? It's what I would do if I were you. I
1: just want you to help me with the spell of the week. Poor Cupid's been trapped as a pigeon for ages, and I want to turn him back, but it's been so long, I think it might
2: be a 2 wiz job. Very well, then. I accept your boon. I guess I won't be needing this sticky lollipop after all. Ew. But
1: excellent! Commence the spell of undoing transformation. First ingredient, one bottle of
2: unspilled milk. And then one evening edition of yesterday's news.
3: Extra, extra. Now we
2: add my ingredients from the market, and for the climax, one unrung bell. Together we chant the
1: mystical incantation.
2: not
1: no That should do the trick. Now. We sit back, relax, and watch Cupid take his
2: previous form. It's been a while since I last saw him. Was Cupid a... large hawk? He was hawk-sized.
1: I don't have a great frame of reference. Because he's looking...
2: rather engorged.
1: Now that you mention it, I don't recall him looking quite so... scary. Or
2: having hindquarters.
1: Did we get the spell
2: wrong? I'm certain that was the right spell. It was right in the Book of Bondings, Chapter 109, Spells for Two, Subsection Birds, page 10456. The spell of undoing hawk transformations. On the same page as undoing the spell to give an emu knowledge of human weapons. It should revert him to his most recent form. His
1: most recent? Oh no. Uh, Dad? Wasn't the whole reason that Cupid's a pigeon because you accidentally turned him into a dragon and
2: panicked? Uh. Maybe? Quick! We have to get him outside before he swells up any further.
1: Yes. Grab his leathery leg before he causes a reptile ruckus. I don't think we'll make it down the stairs in time.
2: Then toss yourself out the window! It's definitely the only way and not a trick by me to get rid of you! Out you go!
1: Come on, Cupid! Let's jump!
2: Ah, His weird lion tail grabbed me! Hold on, I just need to- No time! Out we go! Oh, I do hate falling to my death. If this is what kills me, I hope my face looks nice at the funeral. Quick,
1: Cupid, Hurry up and change already.
2: Better than your face, at least. Oh boy, I hope we don't have a shared funeral.
1: Look at you, buddy. Nice huge feathery wings. Quick, flap.
2: Flap with all your might. Gentle. Easy does it. yes. Yes, here we come in for a landing! Wow!
1: Look at you, Cupid! Good job, buddy! Great landing! You came out so handsome! Look at that big bird-like head with a curly little beak! Oh, and your long, Griffonian body! And your wings! Well, they're a little closer to your tail than I would have thought, but uh, not in a bad way! <laughs> by the barbarous basilica of the Goblin Pope. What kind of dragon is that? The kind that's my friend and familiar. Come on, buddy. We'll get you changed back to normal with one more spell. <laughs> what?
2: You want to
1: stay like this for a while?
2: <laughs> I'd be tired of shapeshifting too. I get exhausted just putting my robe on in the morning. Which is why sometimes, I don't.
1: Yes. I remember that being a problem when we did lab work. And at breakfast. And lunch. And dinner. Especially on soup night. Well, let's catch our breath by checking in with the two winners of last episode, Margoloth and Weakbeard. Let's see... Oh no, it's back at the top of the tower. Shoot. Smooch could you? No, go get it yourself. Can we count it as
2: part of the boon? Ugh, fine. But after this, we're square, old man. You're not getting any more twosies for onesies, and you're definitely not getting me in that sailor outfit. That
1: was never something I wanted.
2: (laughs) Sure. I'll be back in the twinkle of a snake's eye. Ophidium Blinkum! That was a good teleport.
1: He's come a long way. You may have a point there. He has been keeping the place running, after all. Even if he has been neglecting the love lines. And I'm back. Here you go. the thought print came with a court order summons for peddling of
2: fraudulent oils. Well, luckily... What? Uh, Fraudulent? Oh, by Strega known pasta pot, I coated my hands with fraudulent oils. Oh, weak beard, if I ever catch you. Right, 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 Let's save the threats for
1: later. Technically, we're not liable for anything that a guest does, so as long as they signed the waiver... Which, right, you forgot to send out.
2: Dang. My hands! My beautiful, moist hands!
1: So, so yes, a... It seems that Margoloth and Weakbeard decided to go to a glass blowing class together, which explains why this thought imprint is a delightful little crystal orb with a... little... me inside. Wow. Poor taste, you two. Well, let's hear how it went.
3: Hey! Hello, this is Margoloth, the blood artist. Here to report on my date with Weak Beard.
4: So before a big meeting, I do what I always do, which is to make myself look confident and successful. I steamed my business robe and then I started my beard care, which takes about an hour. Weakbeard is just a name. My beard is very nice.
3: We met at a glass blowing class, one of those studios where they teach you to blow those fancy alchemy sets with all the swirls and the beautiful hiccups.
4: So for the beard, I shampooed, trimmed, brushed it 200 times, and then applied tea tree oil, which is exceptional for beards. The only problem is that usually tea tree oil of this quality is much too expensive, unless we're able to buy it directly from the manufacturer at a huge savings below even some wholesale prices.
3: I wanted to make sure beforehand that I was wearing something inspiring in order to inspire weak beard and get a sense of his creative potential. So, I spent the hours before the class trying on various capes and shrouds, all sorts of things, to try to find the perfect mysterious yet appealing look. I settled on a crimson-red cape and hood, with a fitted black dress made of shards of glass underneath, ready for a big reveal.
4: I arrived at the glass mowing class 30 minutes early just to check it out and also catch the earlier class leaving because people interested in crafts and self-improvement are actually the perfect candidates for learning about natural products and developing a side hustle that's also a passion.
3: I arrived to the class 20 minutes early in order to allow myself to arrive before Weakbeard and time my grand entrance. However, when I arrived, I could see that he had already got into the class, and through the window I watched him giving out his card to the instructor and to people leaving the previous class. So I found a well-crafted barrel and decided to hide behind it.
4: After I had networked and just really listened to people about their needs for a while, I noticed something odd uh, through the window.
3: And yet, somehow, he sensed that I was there. It was almost as if he could feel my essence and was drawn to it.
4: My date was crouched outside behind a barrel. She was wearing a bright red cloak and a really elaborate dress made of glass, which was on the flashy side for hiding.
3: And so he came out to find me, and then we made our way into the class together. Once we had met, I I knew that as an artist seeking another artist of sorts, I wanted to find out if I could be an inspiration for Weakbeard. But of course, I, I didn't want to come on too strong. I needed a sly, slick way of finding out.
4: So her idea is to each make things in class inspired by the other person.
3: Has a process of getting to know each other's souls. So I pitched this to Weakbeard.
4: And I told her 100% truthfully that glass inspired by her would hold many, many kinds of all natural essential oil, which would have all kinds of benefits.
3: So I asked him, Weakbeard, what kind of oils would I hold? And Weakbeard said that he was just so glad that I had asked.
4: Allspice for insomnia and rheumatism. Goldenrod for small cuts and scrapes. Jasmine for low self-esteem and limited fire resistance. Basil for attracting goblins. Camphor for insomnia and rheumatism. bergamot for repelling goblins. Lavender for medium cuts and rheumatism. Valerian, which gets a real, real high. Chamomile, which is calming, although... Easy on that one, because it makes you super fertile and you will get pregnant.
3: But I had to ask him. Weakbeard, what happens if I have a goblin, having used the basil, but then I don't want a goblin?
4: Great question. Cinnamon bark oil. Completely goblin neutral.
3: I could tell as he spoke to me about the oils that he was being inspired by me. Yes. Yes. tell that he knew exactly what I needed to hear.
4: So the class starts and while the instructor is talking she asks if I think her and the instructor would be compatible?
3: Because of course I wanted to know what story he might write for us.
4: (laughs) Another great question. There's a great answer. Vanilla oil will straight up trap that guy.
3: Which was an interesting response and so I asked him, Weakbeard, but is that pure love or is that just the oil?
4: And she wants to know about pure love and you know what's really pure? This triple-distilled, all-organic vanilla oil. It is love that is guaranteed to be free of heavy metals and harsh solvents.
3: How interesting.
4: (laughs) So now we're deep in, and it's time for both of us to get down to blowing. Glass blowing? The instructor kept making that joke, and I liked it. I made a few little jars to hold samples, and then a little beard comb that I thought was neat.
3: Unsurprisingly, I was very talented at the glass blowing. I am a fire mage, after all.
4: While Margoleth was finishing up, I stretched my legs a bit, moved around the class, said hi to a few of the other students, asked them about their lives, what they did for a living, if they were interested in natural products, that kind of thing. I met a nice man with a hump and gave him some therapeutic advice, and then a slightly prickly woman who had one bird arm instead of a regular arm. So I told her, oh, I have something that can help you with that. And she said, actually, I'm a wizard, so this is something I did on purpose, and I was trying to help her, and then also, we're all wizards, but instead of telling her that, I asked, do the talons ever get dry? And you know what? Sometimes they peel a little. And I have something for that. And it's all because I stayed positive.
3: By the end of the class, I looked down at the alchemy set that I had made, and, well, there was one piece that was quite reminiscent of my own dress, dark glass, but with movement. When you looked through it, was quite mysterious, almost impenetrable, much like myself, even though it's also glass. And then there was one that was more reflective of the oils, that was both beautiful and repulsive in equal measure, and then one that was a totally different shape, and when I looked at it, it made me feel lonely. It was part of the set, it was surrounded by, by others, and yet it didn't quite fit like a little glass dog with a hat in its mouth all alone despite being surrounded by other students an oil salesman an instructor by flames
4: so class ends and we go next door to wizard panera bread the bread place the pan runs that guy's a jerk but this time i'm on a date and she ordered something So now he can't kick me out for loitering. Business meetings are not loitering, by the way.
3: I got a sandwich, but weak beer just kept filling up his tiny little cup at the magical springs of various wizards, so does.
4: Also, as an aside, the lack of access to public spaces for wizards when you don't have to buy something to be there is a... It's a real problem.
3: He seemed quite happy inside, and like he'd been there many times before.
4: So things are going great, I make a pretty good sale, and then I ask her. Has she ever wanted to be her own boss?
3: Every time Weakbeard would go to refill his tiny little cup from the spring, I would look across the table at the various glassware items that I had made and given to Weakbeard, and I started realizing that I had inspired those pieces. Yes, I had inspired myself to make them. And also, I don't need a beard comb. So while we had exchanged the glassware that we had made, I should take back the ones that I made and keep them with me.
4: And then there seems to be a lot of internal deliberation I'm not privy to.
3: And I thought to myself, yes, Margoloth, you do want to be your own boss. And I'm going to do it by writing my own book about myself.
4: And then I I have no idea what she's talking about with a book.
3: I don't need someone else to be inspired by me. I, I've already inspired myself. Look at this glass that I've made.
4: But the general answer is no. And you know what? That's fine. Because the glass blowing instructor is looking for a side gig to make his nut, and we're meeting next week at Wizard Starbucks. That's a restaurant inside a star that serves barbecue. And I can't come back to Wizard Panera Bread anymore. I kind of rubbed the date in Pan's face and he banned me.
3: Would I go on a date with Weakbeard again? No. Not because I didn't like him. In fact, he taught me a lot about myself, but I don't need to. I'm fulfilled. I am what I was seeking. In fact, I've already started the book, (laughs) and it's going so well. Yes, it's about a muse who keeps getting her lovers killed. Yes. And Weakbeard, because he was so much of my inspiration for this, he's in the book too. He's not a lover, of course. He's he's a sidekick who keeps the main character going and provides some comic relief. (laughs) I can't wait for you all to read it.
4: I would absolutely date her again. She's probably good for eight units of sales a year, like my mom. Well,
2: another voyage of self discovery and self interest. Much as I curse your name for your false oils, weak beard, I must admit you're a sales mage through and through, and for that, I must accord you some respect. I'd clap my hands if your oils hadn't desiccated them.
1: Oh, they're fine, you big baby.
2: Oh, no, they're all flaky and dry. You're just too used to looking at your own withered claws. How am I going to massage my feet now? Margoloth,
1: I'm happy you decided to write your own tale. To be honest,
2: you've inspired me too.
1: Now that I'm out of that awful orb and I don't need to worry about getting jammed back in with the heart tower under my provenance again, I don't want
2: to coop myself up all over.
1: I want to see the infinite realms of wizarddom.
2: What? You'd give up all this? Ultimate heart power? D- let the tower fall into ruin? You irresponsible,
1: ungrateful twerp! No, Smoocholon. I'll be back eventually. But let's face it, with the Book of Bonding destroyed and the love lines warped from lack of care... From always having been warped and not being my fault at all. Well, either way, the love lines got warped and it's definitely the former. Always been like that. Booker needs to go attune to them and use the nascent magic of bondings in his pages to straighten them out. And he's just a little
2: fellow, he can't go on his own. Well, it's true that little papery nerd wouldn't last one minute out there. So? So, how about this?
1: Booker, Cupid, and I will go out into the world, attune Booker to the realms of relationships, and stretch our legs. (laughs) wings, legs and wings. And while we're gone, you take care of the heart tower. You obviously care a great deal about it, uh, and now that the heart has attuned fully to me, you can't steal it away again. Not without the book of bondings, anyway. You mean, I'll be the master of the heart tower? No, uh, more like steward, steward of the heart tower, appointed by me in my place, accountable to me, chemistro. The Master of the Heart Tower.
2: Smoochalon, Master of the Heart Tower. We'll settle this later. For now, Booker, to me! Journey.
1: Are you ready for an adventure? Always. Then, Cupid, there's no time like the present. Let's go! <laughs> ah! We'll see you next season. Somewhere! On Wizard Seeking Wizard!
0: Thank you for listening to Wizard Seeking Wizard. All wizards were written and performed by the person portraying them. The hosting segment of this episode was written by Max Kreisky and Mark Campasano. Sound design was done by Tal Munir. You can find Tal on Twitter, at Starplanes. In this episode, Bridget Copes was Margoloth, blood artist. You can find Bridget on Twitter, at Bridget Joko. She would also like to promote Little League, a theatrical tabletop RPG live play set in the Blazeball universe. Follow the adventures of a team of 10-year-old Little League baseball players as they fight monsters, solve mysteries, and face the everyday challenges of growing up. The show is performed live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch at TV slash Hub. Eric Tregeser was weakbeard. You can find Eric on Twitter at real underscore Eric underscore T. Smoochalon the Smug was once more played by Josh Rubino, who you can find on Twitter at Professor Coppermain. That's at Prof Coppermain. Transcripts were provided by Lex Lewis. Our theme song was written and performed by Mess and Finesse Studios in Somerville. You can find them on Twitter at Mess plus Our logo was designed by Julie Benbassett you can find her on instagram at t underscore four underscore j or on twitter at art underscore of underscore j bass that's j-b-a-s-s i'm max Kreisky, and i play chemistro the match mage and booker the book you can find me on twitter at max to the k if you've been enjoying wizard seeking wizard and want to help us make the show you can find us on patreon.com slash WizForWiz. thank you to our patreon backers jordan church kira romanello kelly Hoolihan, Jen Geronimo, Logan Cheshire, and Grace Malinka. Your support helps make this show possible. Thank you for listening to our show. I started this as a way to keep myself occupied through lockdown, and in that it was extremely successful. Pretty much all my time over the last year has gone to this show, and getting to spend all that time thinking about wizards and not, well, the world, uh, has been a gift. I'm so happy that it seems to have connected with as many people out there as it has, and it's been so cool hearing people's theories, feedback, and seeing the art that some of you have made for the show. I'm going to take a hiatus for a while in order to run a crowdfund and make another season of my other show, True Tales of the Illuminati, which is a workplace sitcom about conspiracies gone wrong. Also, to be honest, I need a little break to recharge my biz. I'd like to give a special thanks to all the people who became wizards on this show It's been such a delight to hear your wizardly ads and get to spend some time with you on your wizard dates. I'd also like to thank Mark, Tal, and Josh for being wonderful creative partners on this project. This show got way better after you three came on board and not coincidentally, way more fun to make. You're all the best and I hope we get to make more stuff together. Uh, the Patreon is going to be frozen for a little while until we return with Season 2, but you can still buy merch on our Tee Public store if you'd like. For updates on Season 2 and WizBiz in general, you can follow the show on Twitter at WizForWiz. We'll also be announcing the next Call for Wizard ads on there, so if you want to throw your pointy hat in the ring, make sure to keep an eye on it. If you'd like to hear more from me, Max, as I said before, you can find me on Twitter at MaxToTheK. I mostly post silly jokes and weird comedy sketch scripts that I write, and I'm always happy to hear from you all out there, so don't be afraid to say hi. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you again soon, here on Wizard Seeking Wizard.
1: Getting a bit saddle sore, Cupid. I could really do with a more comfortable sea Oh my wizardly wand, we left chair in the mushroom dimension.